Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org, talking movies each week right here on WGWG. Uh, very happy to have back uh, Adam Long. Adam, hey man, it's been a way too long since we've done this show together. How are you, bud? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we could work this out. It's been seven long months. Yeah, man. Can you believe? Yeah. Hardly. Well, it, it's always good to talk to you. We've we've definitely talked uh, within that seven months, but we haven't been able to do the show together since that time. No. But uh, but I'm glad that uh, glad that um, you were able to do this today. Uh, as we spend a special show, you know, we've got uh, we do all sorts of things on this show. We'll have. Uh, Filmmakers in here. We'll have. We had uh, film composers recently that that were on the uh, on the show, and we've had uh, um, other uh, writers of, of, of superhero films on the show. I mean, it, it just varies. We talk movies, and uh, today well, it's another special show. We're going to talk politics. Uh, not that people have heard anything about politics during uh, election season, but it does seem that every November, um, really leading up to November, it's just pure chaos and pandemonium. Um, as it relates to, to politics uh, on the airwaves and uh, on your tablets, on your mobile devices, you cannot escape it. And so we figured we would uh, we would have fun with that too, and, and not let you escape it. But we're going to talk about political films and uh, what uh, draws people to political films, why filmmakers do them, and uh, and maybe give you some of our uh, some of our favorites and some of those uh, maybe that uh, that you may not be thinking about when you're thinking about political films. So. Uh, that sounds like a plan, Mr. Adam Long. Sounds like a great plan. Awesome, dude. Well, um, you know, politics by nature, really, I think it seeps into every aspect of society. If you really look at what the issues are that will be those, you know, those hot-button issues for people, it varies. I mean, it, it can be the economy. It can be foreign policy. It could be immigration. It's just all over the place. And so I think for people who say, I don't like politics, I think when you really think about it, we're all, whether we like it or not, we have to be aware of it. Do you feel the same way? Yes, absolutely. So so do you th- what is it about uh, politics that you think appeals to, to filmmakers? Well, um, I, I guess it shows that they care about, um, or the ones who are passionate about it, it shows that they care about the world at large, that they're aware of what's going on, um, that you uh, take take an interest in in, uh, in in the world that that we live in, because uh, obviously, if, if we're not interested in what's going on, we're not going to have movies are not going to be important. We're not going to need them because uh, <laughs> we're not going to be around to enjoy them anyway. <laughs> exactly. so, uh, uh, yeah, but uh, I, I I do appreciate the uh, the. Uh, filmmakers with a political bend, uh, you know, I think about Michael Moore, of course, and Oliver Stone, and uh, those are the obvious ones that come to mind. But then, you know, we have some from the from the golden age, like uh, Frank Capra, who, who, uh, you know, they had a little uh, of a political bend on their minds as as well. Maybe not as as strongly felt as Oliver Stone or or, or some of our contemporary filmmakers, but uh, obviously. You could it came through in their work. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. You, know, you mentioned Capra, and that's one of the one of the films on my list. Uh, a Capra film, Mr. Smith goes to Washington with, of course, uh, with James Stewart. Uh, you know, it it it's a it was a a political comedy drama, and in you know, in so many ways, it was satire, and um, but it was done so with with um, precision, 
And you know, Stewart was wonderful, but I mean, you had some other great folks in this uh, in this film. I mean, Claude Rains was in this film. Uh, Gene Arthur uh, in this film. Uh, you know, Capra directed and produced it. And uh, you know, based on uh, on a work by uh, Lewis R. Foster, I think the uh, gentleman from Montana was the name of that, if I if I remember correctly. But you know, it, it's a, it's a film nominated for multiple Academy Awards. You know, over uh, maybe near a dozen. And got best original mm-hmm. story, uh, you know, a, a film that uh, was considered one of the best of all times, not just a political film, but one of the best of all times. And, uh, you know, that goes back to 39. And so, you know, you're talking, you know, Hollywood has been interested in politics since those early years. I mean, you go back to 1915 with Birth of a Nation, that film was was a political film. And, and you know, one that uh, that, that, you know, that's not one that's this well looked upon now as far as the, the content of it, but from a filmmaking standpoint, it really did uh, it really did something pretty incredible, but it did talk politics, it talked a particular bias, and that happens in, in, in film, and you do see the bias play out from time to time. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, when you have, a, especially like a filmmaker uh, such as uh, Michael Moore, I mean, he's obviously very polarizing, and uh, he... Uh, you know, we know where he stands politically. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Uh, there's no getting around that. Um, uh, you know, but you still learn something from his films, I think, uh, even if you don't totally agree with him from a political standpoint. I always tell people that, that uh, his his films are uh, enlightening, which is uh, very important uh, to be, you know, if you can learn something, even if you don't necessarily agree with right. the filmmaker who's behind the project that you're watching, I mean, you know, and, you, and if you go into it with an open mind, knowing that, hey, this guy, he's going to slant things his his particular way or whatever, uh, then, and you're aware of that going into it, then that that kind of helps matters, too, I think, personally, but, uh, you know, uh, but, the, the, but, yeah, sure, I mean, it's, uh, you, you know, it's it doesn't really so much matter as, as how they feel about things, but, you know, you can sometimes still learn something take yeah. something away so, well and, and and you know good filmmaking will do that it will ask questions it will uh challenge our thought uh and and i think in many ways what it does it it either will reinforce what we've already felt um it will challenge us to think at a deeper level um or it may even change our minds about something uh so i think i think that's what good filmmaking does and i think good political filmmaking whether it's one that um, is, and, and you talk about political films, various genres. I mean, you've got uh, political films that are comedies, that are dramas, that are action, that are sci-fi. But but it doesn't matter the genre, if if it can actually find a way to speak to you and, and get you to think, uh, think beyond your your kind of your circle. Uh, I think it's going to do. They, it does a great job, and political films uh, have ways of doing that. That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, uh, you know, you can't think of any uh, more uh, well-made film than, say, JFK, uh, but we all know that kind of has a a liberal slant because it's made by Oliver Stone. Uh, We know that, but it's such a technically well-made film. uh, You can't can't deny its power, regardless of how you feel about that that subject or, or that filmmaker. So I think that's a that's one example of many that we could cite. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when you do when you do a film that's based on uh, a true story, I mean, you, we talked about Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That's not based on a, a particular real life character, 
but JFK was. And so when you do that, um, what I love about those films, even if they, even with the slant they may, may or may not have, depending on, on whose viewpoint you're looking at, they can get you to uh, reinvestigate that part of history or reinvestigate that particular living you know, or, 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 or human being who was alive and, and look at the content of that area, the context of what was going on during that time period and ask the questions. And so, uh, you know, in many ways, um, we shouldn't look at, at these kind of films as, you know, as history as itself, but it's a, it's a piece of our history that we can explore. And so, uh, you know, whether it's a, a, a film about Mandela and you're exploring you know, Mandela's life, you're still exploring politics uh, of, of another place, but it's still, the, there's still those same issues, no matter the country, will resonate with people because people can understand many of those same type of issues from country to country to country. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's a lot of this stuff is universal, uh, and it translates. Um, you know, it's, it's something that all cultures can, can understand. Some of it transcends, you know, uh, some, some of the material in some of these films. So, uh, yeah, and- you know, or the subject matter that's being covered. Absolutely. I mean, you, you think about something like uh, Z uh, is a good example um, from the Costa Gavras 1969 film, which uh, actually uh, is, is a foreign film, but is uh, said to be the inspiration in some ways for JFK. So that uh, that, that that that's an example of how uh, political films can sometimes transcend the you know the language barrier, the culture barrier, or uh, you know. So on and so forth. Yeah, and that, that's one that, that shows up. You know, when you look at a list of um, you know of, of foreign language films, um, you know that was one of the few that was both uh, nominated as a, a best picture and bar, best foreign language film, especially during that time. Um, well, you said '69. Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah, that you know that film yeah. really was really was fascinating, and uh, and one of those that's kind of off the beaten path, not one that a lot of people. Uh, have heard about uh, other than uh, folks that are involved in film, but uh, yeah, Z from '69. I- I'm with you. That's one well worth well worth checking out. Uh, I- I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go back. Um, we talked uh, we talked about uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Right after that, we had uh, the great dictator uh, Charlie Chaplin. You know what a wonderful film and talk about satire. Uh, you know, th- sure that film it, it never said uh, it was about what was happening in the world. It, it was uh, it was looking at uh, at Hitler, but you watch that film and you cannot not think about what was happening uh, in um, our world at the time, not just in the United States, but in our world at that time. But The Great Dictator, uh, one of my favorite uh, Chaplin films uh, on multiple levels, but but one I, I definitely definitely had to mention uh, from 1940. That's an excellent choice, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can't 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 deny that one. Um, you know, you were talking about uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington earlier, and, and this is one I want to throw in there. It's an offbeat title, but uh, a lot of people certainly have forgotten about it, I'm sure. But uh, you remember the series of Billy Jack films that were popular in the yeah. uh, in the 19, late 60s, early 70s, early to mid-70s? Yeah, sure and, uh, do, sure do. Anyway, uh, and of course the third one was one of the top five grossing films of its year, uh, The Trial of Billy Jack. Well, there was a fourth one called Billy Jack Goes to Washington. Oh, and yeah. And it's actually a quasi-remake of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Okay. So uh, for anybody who's, uh, who, who's, who's um, a fan of 70s uh, cinema, 
that's one worth going back to to check out because the story very similarly parallels Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and it's interesting to see that that Billy Jack character go through that uh, <laughs> through that story arc. And E.G. Marshall plays in the evil politician in the film. So uh, that's one I would like to throw out there. This is an offbeat choice. Well, that's awesome because it's been um, – I, I probably have not seen that movie since its release. And so that, yeah. that definitely goes back uh, to my childhood. But, yeah, I watched all of those Billy Jack films. And, you know, and, and, and all of the Billy Jack films um, had a political slant to it in some way. And oh, yeah. uh, when you look at the series, I mean, you, you mentioned the trial of Billy Jack, but even, you know, we, we saw, um, you know, there was a, a shooting on a college campus and, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, um, st- you know, students, you know, kind of the, the counterculture movement, um, you know, there were so many different elements of that that spoke to to politics. And but, yeah, that one, I'm going to have to recheck. I'm going to have to recheck that one out. I really am. Yeah, it's worth going back to. It really is. It, most people don't realize that it's a quasi remake of uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, but it's uh, it, it's 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 uh, it's interesting. It's interesting, and I like to, you know me, I like to throw out the offbeat ones out there. Absolutely. Well, you know, um, Tom Laughlin, who uh, played Billy Jack, he did uh, those four films um, from like 1971 through 77. So he had almost one every year, uh, and it, you know, it was one a very low budget film. The first one uh, at less than a million dollars and ended up grossing over thirty-two million uh, mm-hmm. at the box office. So, you know, when you when you talk about the standpoint of success, I mean, you don't get a whole lot better than that. I mean, you're 32, 32 times more um, money than what you put into it. That's not too shabby, you know. No, that's not, not too all. not too shabby at all. Yeah, that's a good choice, man. That's definitely a, a good choice. Uh, I'll throw out another one uh, that's that's on my list on my mind. Uh, Andy Griffith uh, facing the crowd, um, you know, uh, uh, Arkansas drifter becomes an overnight media sensation. Uh, he's, uh, you know, Andy Griffith, uh, you know, we all know him from TV. And um, but the guy had some amazing film roles as well that, that he doesn't get all the credit for. And uh, I've, I've just got to recommend uh, that film from 1957 uh, before my time. But a face in the crowd. Uh, you'll see a different kind of uh, Andy Griffith, but also you'll get to see uh, uh, Andy Griffith that gives you a, um, a glimpse of kind of what uh, what was to come uh, with a very, very, very successful career. That film also starred uh, Patricia Neal, uh, Lee Remick, and Walter Matthau, uh, just to name a few. But uh, I would recommend uh, that, A Face in the Crowd. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, yeah, it's certainly great to see Andy Griffith uh, cast against type. Or not really cast against type because he, we didn't have a type uh, when the film came out. Yeah, but yeah. He, he, he's playing against uh, the uh, standard Andy Griffith persona as we know today. I guess you would say. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. But yeah, he was. Uh, he, he, I, I, in some ways, that movie serves as an example also as to how the Andy Griffith show stymied his career because. Uh, as much as you know, the Andrew Griffith Show has its fans. It kind of pigeonholed him into playing this this one note character, and he was quite an actor of quite ra- uh, quite um, a lot of range, who never really got the chance after he 
got into the Andy Griffith business, the Andy Griffith show business. Yeah, he never really know, got those opportunities again, which is kind of sad. Yeah, you're uh, right. He, he never got those on film, but he definitely got them on stage. Uh, that's that's where that's he ended true. up. That's where he ended up, uh, you know, expanding his range uh, by by going back to stage and doing it there. But yeah, you're right. I yeah. mean, you look at the TV shows, and so many of them were, you know, he was the he was that country guy. You know, Matlock, great example. I mean, Matlock yeah. could have easily yeah. been uh, Andy Griffith 2.0 as a you know as a lawyer. Um, yeah, it, and, it's true. Um, it's true. And, and then, then uh, Salvage One was another uh, another example. Um, yeah, you know, um, exactly. I think that was the name of it. Salvage One, the TV Salvage show. Salvage One. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. But, um, right. But yeah, he's well, uh, you know, it's it's funny. To, uh, next uh, Tuesday night, you're talking about political films, but uh, at the new Beverly Cinema, the theater that Quentin Tarantino owns, uh, he's programmed a double feature uh, on. Of course, his theater shows all the movies that they screen on film and they're going to be doing uh, a screening uh, a double feature of shampoo and the candidate oh wow <laughs> next, yeah. Yeah. next tuesday night so that would be an interesting uh, way to spend your election day. yeah absolutely it sure would yeah, it sure so. would well uh well give me another one on your list of uh of a uh, you talked about the candidate let's talk about the candidate yeah sure it's a great movie uh you know there's been talk about doing a sequel to it for years. I don't know if it's ever going to happen or not, but I think that's a uh, terrific, terrific uh, um, uh, uh, addition to politi- the political film canon. And uh, Michael Ritchie, of course, directed it. He later went on to make uh, Fletch, which is probably one of his more you know b- bigger cult films or one of the movies he's most remembered for, I guess you would say. But uh, that was... He, early on, he was in kind of an independent filmmaker, and he had done Downhill Racer with Robert Redford, and they decided to go on and collaborate again on the candidate. And it's just, it's a great, it's a great film. Yeah, Redford, uh, Redford in there is a, um, a, you know, Senate candidate. Uh, well, was he was a senator actually? What was in, uh, yeah, yeah, incumbent uh, senator. Um, but uh, film ended up getting an Oscar for uh, best screenplay, and uh, Peter Boyle uh, also had a great, great. Uh, Great role uh, in that film as well, and and Redford, you know, is known for doing uh, political films. He's no stranger uh, to being involved uh, in, in films of, of that nature. I mean, you can't uh, can't mention political films without uh, talking about all the President's Men with Hoffman and Redford, uh, and even you know even the recent film uh, Truth, uh, where Redford starred uh, is based on a true story, you know, starring mm-hmm. as uh, Dan Rather. There were that that film uh, had political themes throughout that entire piece, and so uh, he's no stranger to it. Um, and um, you know he, he he does he finds ways to pull great performances out when he does take on uh, political based films. And he's played politicians in other films. I mean, you look at some of the superhero films we've seen. He's uh, he's even shown up uh, shown up there. So uh, he's no stranger to it. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. What about? Uh you know, this is uh, political on a, uh, a small, smaller scale. But what about election with uh, Reese Witherspoon? Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. It's, it's, uh, it, you know, it's the the elements of politics that you see within that film about a, a you know a school election. Those elements resonate through national politics. That's right. And so uh, the, the film itself may be talking specifically about one thing, but when you really start peeling away those onion layers, you see much, much more, much, much more. Oh, yeah, it's a microcosm for what goes on in society at large, and uh, I, I just adore that film. I think it's so, 
so just no perfect uh, from start to finish, and just uh, one of Alexander Payne's, well, you know, he's a director who's not really ever made a bad film, but this one's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's just terrific, uh, like most of his work, and so, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend that one. Uh, also, Bullworth, which I uh, admired quite a bit, but I hate to admit it, I haven't seen it in almost 20 years since it came out in the theater, but I, I'd like to go back and revisit that. There's actually talk about that getting reissued in theaters. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, Warren. That's what uh, I've been hearing. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, there was some talk about that, because it is a very prescient film at this point, at this stage, yeah. I think. Yeah, it is, uh, and it's... Uh, yearly ahead of its time. Yeah. Well, and a film that Warren Beatty not only acted in, but he was the director, the screenwriter, and the producer, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, cast with Don Cheadle, Halle Berry, and Sean Astin. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a, a very good film, but you're right. It was one of those that uh, that was kind of ahead of its time and, um, you know, was, was so, um, in many ways, it, it was like so over the top that you're like, okay, you know, this is a film, there's no way this could be reality, but... As we've seen in uh, in recent years, that uh, that truth can be stranger than fiction. Uh, truth yeah. can definitely be stranger than fiction. And as I mentioned, stranger. Uh, let me talk about uh, 1964's uh, Doctor Strange Love, or mm-hmm. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Uh, you know, you can't talk about politics without talking about a, a film uh, that was looking at the Cold War era, nuclear holocaust options, and. You know what is our world going to look like uh, if, if if this kind of thing actually happens? And you know Kubrick, uh, wonderful in this film that starred George C. Scott and Peter Sellers, and uh, just a you know an unusual film on a lot of levels. And um, some people watch it and don't really get it, but it is just to me uh, a brilliant film. And, and a lot of other film critics feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's in uh, Criterion recently reissued that film, uh, and they did a really, really good job with the um, uh, putting it. It came out back in June. It's been issued many times, but they 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 outdid themselves with the packaging. It uh, it it's it, the 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 booklet that's inside of it has all kinds of '60s war uh, paraphernalia and. You know, all kinds of instructions on how to safeguard yourself in case a bomb drops and stuff like it. It looks very retro packaging, and and, and it also has, uh, tellingly enough, a, um, a or interestingly enough, I should say, uh, Peter Sellers was on the Today Show just a couple of months before he died in 1980, and they somehow found that clip where he's talking about the film and his feelings about it too. So, uh, so that's that's a recent release. If you want to go back and revisit it, that's the way to do it. I think because it's a ton of extras and speaking of peter sellers and political films how could we miss uh, being there yeah we've got to talk about that yes yeah, shot in north carolina and the biltmore house was uh was one of the locations for that particular film shirley mclean yet yeah, spend some more time talking about that oh it's um it's just a terrific film from the great uh, director hal ashby who also uh directed that other great political film in my opinion uh shampoo and yeah. you talk about a director with a he, this guy was a director with a uh, political bend as well. When you think about his body of work, he also made uh, Go- uh, Coming Home uh, with um, uh, Jane Fonda and John Boyd and Bruce Dern, and that was very uh, it was very much a political hot potato when it came out because it tackled the 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 issues of uh, Vietnam era veterans that were coming home and displaced and. 
and this was his follow-up to that film. Um, and like you said, it is filmed in uh, Asheville uh, at the Biltmore House, but it's it's basically a, an allegorical kind of kind of thing where you you have the Peter Sellers he's playing playing a mentally challenged uh, gardener for this rich man who dies at the beginning of the film and. And he's mistaken for being brilliant because he doesn't say anything, and so they take his silence as brilliance. And eventually, uh, through a series of bizarre coincidences, he winds up uh, rubbing shoulders with some of the highest-ranking uh, politicians in the country. And by the end of the film, he's on his way to possibly uh, leading the country as president, even though that no one really knows where he came from. Or and uh, so it's just a, a terrific. Uh, Film that the just uh, Sellers plays it for all it's worth. It j- hits just the right notes, and uh, there's just a ton of satire there. Shirley MacLaine and Jack Warden and uh, Melvin Douglas in supporting roles, just all great. And this a great, great film, maybe the crowning achievement of Peter Sellers' career. And, and that's really saying something when you yeah. think about uh, Doctor Strangelove. But this was a year before he passed away, less than a year. Um, I think like six months before when it was released, and it's just just such a uh, such such a film that uh, kind of sums up his uh, the greatness of war, what made Peter Sellers such a great, even though he was a mercurial uh, person in real life. Um, you know, this I could not recommend being there more, uh, not just for its message, but for its just uh, acting and all, well, all of it, the whole package. So there you go. Yeah, and uh, and and a film that. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that, man. Um, you know, a, a film that that I want to mention is one of those that uh, has been listed as one of the the best films of all time. Citizen Kane from 1941. While it uh, you know was really a, a film kind of uncovering uh, the mystery behind the death and the meaning uh, of certain words uh, spoken by a, a news tycoon, a publishing tycoon who died. Uh, mm-hmm. When you get to the heart of, of Citizen Kane, you really get to the heart of politics uh, in general. And uh, that is explored in some really fascinating ways uh, through Citizen Kane. I would recommend that. Orson Welles, of course, Joseph Cotton, um, just uh, a, a, an amazing film worthy uh, of all that, uh, that's been uh, put upon it. And one more I want to mention that's a, a film that was uh, released before my time, but one worth revisiting. Uh, Otto Preminger's film, uh, Advice and Consent, from 1962, mm-hmm. um, uh, starring Henry Fonda. Uh, Got to check that out. Um, just a, a very, very interesting film from a guy, uh, from a director who ended up, uh, you know, showing up on uh, on the Batman uh, TV series uh, a few years later. Uh, but uh, Advice and Consent, uh, you know, uh, Senate investigation into a presidential um, uh, candidates, uh, a president, a president's uh, secretary of state uh, nomination, and uh, as you start uncovering uh, the past of this uh, this nomination, you start putting some other things into light, and uh, then the uh, the president ends up being put under the microscope as well. Uh, well worth checking out this film if you haven't. That's uh, advice and consent from 1962. Yeah, and I know we're getting close to to the end here. We're running out of time, but I'll I'll throw in a couple of comedies here. Uh, political comedies are always good. I knew you threw threw one in earlier with the great uh, great dictator. But what about Team America World Police? <laughs> I love it, man. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely the, perfect. 
Definitely not for the kiddies. But, <laughs> no, uh, it's not. No, it's not. You know, especially with that that infamous puppet scene yes. there, but yes. uh, with the puppets making love. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah that's but, not uh, for the kids at all. And that's that's putting it nicely. Yeah, but uh, definitely worth seeing for its satirical overtones and uh, and and also Duck Soup. I think is certainly worth mentioning, which just recently. Uh, came out as part of a box set. Uh, all the Paramount titles from the Marx Brothers were released in a box set, and this is out in a br- with a brand new transfer and everything. And so, uh, Duck Soup has just recently been reissued, and it's it's still as funny as ever uh, about a uh, um, with uh, uh, Groucho declaring war uh, just for the heck of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And lots of lots of that's maybe that's one of their great achievements, I think. Uh, the only one that that might come close would be, um, oh, it's it's escaping me now. Um, uh, one of their later films that they made for MGM, but um, A Night at the Opera. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. other one. Yeah, that would yeah. Probably, but that's not really political. But Duck Soup certainly worth mentioning. And then we were talking about Warren Beatty earlier. Uh, another Warren Beatty uh, film with a political bend. Uh, it fits into the conspiracy genre, but certainly has political overtones. Would be uh, the Parallax View. Oh yeah, from absolutely. Seventy four. And uh, that's that's a pretty serious film. Nothing funny going on there, uh, but it uh, has similar thematic elements as, say, JFK. And so it's about a political. Um, and obviously, it was probably inspired by by the uh, the JFK assassination. It's about a political leader who's been killed, and uh, Warren Beatty uncovers this uh, conspiracy. And so his life is literally in in um, in danger because of it. But uh, so there you go. Well, I'll throw out, a, you mentioned comedies. I'm going to throw out a couple before we wrap up. Uh, uh-huh. Bob Roberts, um, oh, course, uh, Tim, yeah. Tim Robbins uh, wrote, directed, uh, starred in this, uh, along with Alan Rickman and others. Um, really fun, fun film to watch. Uh, so I would recommend uh, checking out Bob Roberts if you're in for an a interesting uh, political comedy. And one that uh, I won't necessarily say is the best film in the world, but... For what it is, it's fun to watch. Uh, Michael Moore directed a, a film called Canadian Bacon. Um, and uh, Alan Alda, um, Kevin Pollack uh, in this film, uh, John Candy. Uh, you know, w- when we don't have an enemy, who can we find uh, for, for, for an enemy? Well, let's, let's just go to Canada. Uh, and uh, that film was, was really fun. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, Michael Moore also did the screenplay for that. So uh, I'd recommend that if you're looking for something, uh, something different, uh, Canadian Bacon. Uh, just a heck of a lot of fun, uh, Adam Long. Oh, yeah. uh, good to have you back, man. Um, great, oh, to, course, great yeah. to spend I'm some glad time. To, glad to be able to 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 put in an appearance. Yeah, great, uh, great to have you talking about uh, political films and why we're drawn uh, to politics. And uh, for all of those uh, out there, uh, whatever you decide to do election day, hey, do it with uh, do it with uh, with gusto and, uh, and and put your uh, put your heart and soul behind it uh, for whatever you believe. Um, exactly. This is WGWG and Cinema Scene, and as always, we appreciate you spending time with us talking movies. Till next time, for WGWG.org, that's a wrap.